Test everything and hold on to what is good. That's the new slogan for the Raider Cop Nation. And what does it mean? Well, it's a biblical term. We're going to post that on the show notes so you can understand a little bit more. And we are going to talk about that in our opening today. Before we get to that, I'm going to talk about a little bit on the transition from El Police Radio that has been with us in some sorts or another since 07. And we officially retired it with episode number 48, my buddy Jake. And now we're transitioning and we have become the one and only Fly the Flag, the Raider Cop Nation. So we've lifted up the Jolly Roger of the Raider Cop Nation on episode 51. And I'm glad. I'm glad we did do the transition. As I stated in uh, other episodes, the analytics, and that's kind of like the analysis of where we were going with the El Police radio, it just had a negative content that it wasn't happening for us. Police has turned into a four-letter word, unfortunately. And as a result of that, um, it was hard. It was harder and harder to get the numbers that we were looking for. We did a couple of tests and analytics with Raider Cop Nation, and the numbers look good, and they are looking better and better as we go along. So I'm very optimistic. Yeah. Now, it's not only about a name, it's about content and what we're going to be bringing. And myself and Mike Sierra, uh, as permanent uh, host and co-host of the Radio Cop Nation, we're bringing in what's called the panel. And the panel's going to sit with us, and they are going to uh, go show by show, depending on the subject matter, that's going to be the panelist that's going to be with us, and they're going to bring in their subject matter experts, their opinions. And I'm looking forward to it because you're not going to just hear one voice. You're going to hear up to seven, and it's going to We're not a really uh, fulfill a lot of people that are getting something out of our episodes and what we're talking about. You know, we're bringing you law enforcement. The reason, and a lot of people have asked, well, where uh, did you get the name Raider Cop? And although people have uh, um, probably a misgiven with the name, they're kind of associating Raider with something that's military, it really is exactly what we're saying it is, and that is, a raider is also classified as a pirate. And not that we're in any illicit um, activity, but we are going to raid the law enforcement industry with the truth. And we're going to, in the fog of night, we're going to bring in our ships, blast our cannons, and seize the loot. And we're going to bring the loot to these episodes, these airways, 
where you can hear what we've got to bring. And a lot of it is pure gold. There's silver and gold in some of these episodes that are coming your way. It has been an adventure to do the switch, but I do want to take the opportunity and give a a testimony and a shout-out to Ed Jones over at Bluehost. You know, I, I, I called. I was frustrated. I was trying to... I had uh, We had obtained the new uh, domain of RaiderCopNation.com. We're phasing out LPoliceRadio.com. So linking one with the other. And it's all done behind the website, for lack of a better term. And I was frustrated because I wasn't really doing or getting what I wanted. Then there was a big question. The big, the $64,000 question is, if I allow El Police Radio, the domain, to disappear, will the Radio Cop Nation automatically take over, fly the Jolly Roger, and become the new domain to the website with all the material that's on there. So uh, I was frustrated. I couldn't find an answer. And I called Bluehost. Now, I'm going to tell you my experience in 2017. And I've got nothing against anybody. Please don't take this the wrong way. But I think I'm going to... My sediments that I'm going to be sharing are the same of a lot of Americans and a lot of frustrations that they have. In 2017, I had to call Bluehost on several issues on the startup. It, you know, it was all foreign to us, and it was quite a challenge. It was myself and Mike Sierra, at least for the first 60 days, we were going nuts trying to figure out how to create a website and how to how to do everything on Bluehost, which is our our um, provider. So we ran into a lot of um, speed bumps. And when I ran into a speed bump, I would call the customer service number. And let's just say that sometimes I got to speak to somebody, I just could not understand their English. What we've got here is... Failure to communicate. Now, you know, I'm the son of two immigrants to this nation. And I've always said, and I will always continue to say, I can never repay this country back for what it's done in opening its arms to my parents and my grandparents that came to this country. And here I am, a product of that sacrifice of them coming to this country, and I was born here in New York City. But I know that my parents uh, had to learn the language, and so they spoke with an accent. And, you know, so I have a sentimental spot. But let me tell you, I mean, to get through some basic sentence structure with this uh, farming out of these jobs to other nations was a very difficult, not only for me, but I'm, um, in my opinion, but I'm also going to state that it must have been tough for a lot of Americans out there. I was frustrated, frustrated as could be. I remember 
on one phone call, I told them, you know what, I don't want the service. And the problem that I was having, I could not upload my episodes through the format to send out that it goes out to iTunes and so forth. It would tell me I didn't have enough uh, space and so forth. But I, we had purchased an unlimited package, and it was very confusing to me why this was happening. Well, Mike Sierra, he stayed the course trying to figure it out. But, you know, the older you get, the more grumpier you get. I didn't have the patience for it. And I went to another provider to uplift or, or load up our our episodes. And we still have them today, and that's Podbean. And I gave a tremendous shout-out to them. They do a great customer service over there, great people. And um, the little, little, little hiccups I've had over there, those people go out of their way to help you. So I definitely shout out for Podbeam. So when I, here I am, I'm faced with a year later, almost a year later, it'll be a year in September. I've got to reach out to Bluehost because I don't understand all the dynamics that are happening here with the domains and, and the information. And well, you know, is, is the website just going to disappear? So I called the number, and lo and behold, uh, Ed Jones answered the phone, and he was uh, very, you know, spokative. He's a very outgoing individual. And I really wasn't in the mood, to be honest with you. But uh, here's, you know, how he broke the ice when I called. He said, uh, you know, what do you go by? And we went through a list of uh, my name, my first name, and you know, do you shorten it? Do you not? And, you know, I said a little joke and I said, you can call me this and call me that. Or you can call me Hey You because I've been called Hey You in the past. So, you know, he kind of breaks the ice and says, oh, you too? I thought I was the only one. So um, we ended up having a, maybe a, a 25, 30-minute conversation. And what I didn't understand, he started to explain. And as the conversation started getting... Longer and longer, we started to get a little bit more deeper and deeper in this conversation where all of a sudden the content of the conversation was turning towards the testimony. And he, the, the customer service guy, he went to our website. Of course, he's going to help me out now. So he, he loads up the, the page on his screen and he sees in God we trust, and he sees our new slogan that we have up there. Because, you know, of course, in God we trust was El Police radio slogan. Uh, the new slogan now is test everything and hold on to what is good. And according to his own testimony, when he saw that, it spoke to him. And he started opening doors for us that I can... I've never called, let's just say this, I've never called a support for a technical issue, a billing and a technical issue, and ended up with the billing and the technical issue re, re, uh, uh, corrected. And all of a sudden, I've turned around with a refund. So let me repeat that. Call 
support for a billing and a technical issue, I end up with the billing and the technical issue corrected and a refund. I was amazed. I can tell you that the, the phone, uh, the conversation was dynamic. It, we took it to a different level. He started telling me a little personal things about uh, him and his um, upbringing. And um, he says that they, uh, God spoke to him that day. And I, I can only repeat that testimony. So he's assured me that he would reach out to us and come out on this show I told him that the show airs um, September 5th, and hopefully he's listening and he, he reaches out to us on a Radio Cop Nation. And, you know, the, web, uh, the email is RadioCopNation at gmail.com. So you can uh, send us uh, your info, and I'd love to have you on as a guest so we could talk about that experience. God works in mysterious ways and powerful ways that we will never, ever be able to understand. So the slogan now is, test everything and hold on to what is good. See, the Lord wants you, when you listen to the word, to not just absorb it, and not necessarily to swallow it, but first to absorb it. And then swallow it. It's a meal eaten slowly, studied to each word what it means. So the test part is you, you testing the word based on your current situation, what you're going through today. And you compare those verses to it. And that's how you're testing it. He also means a lot of other things, too, when it says test everything. He doesn't say test some things. He says test everything. So you're thinking about getting in a relationship? Test it. You're thinking about going to a different job? Test it. You're thinking about getting a different degree because the one you currently have you don't like? Test it. You're thinking about changing professions? Test it. Test Test, test. And that means the biggest part of test is prayer. Because without prayer and without that guidance from God and the Holy Spirit, you could test things till you're blue in the face, but you'll never know the truth if you don't ask. So through testing and prayer and fasting, you can achieve so much. So that's our new slogan. Test everything and hold on, retain, retain that which is good. And that's what we want you to do on this show. We want you to retain what is good. You can test us. We're fine with that also. But we want you to retain what we have for you. Now, one of the formats that we're going to be doing, um, you know, before we had things um, formatted, for almost a year, you know, I would come on, we had certain segments, and we had the conversation, and we kind of threw that middle towards the middle, towards the end. Well, now, when I come on and I talk, I'm going to give you a brief word of the Lord, and which I just did. Uh, it's a simple conversation, uh, 
And uh, then uh, Mike Sierra will come on. We're going to talk about the show that we're going to have. Then we're going to have the panelists come on. There'll be one, two, or three of them. Trying not to go over three so we don't have five people talking at the same time. But usually it might be one or two. And we'll bring them on and we'll talk about whatever the show's um, host uh, or, or f- subject is, we can we can bring them on. And um, so we're going to have a lot of talking on this show and not so much fooling around. We've cut out, of course, the uh, news articles. They're dead and buried. But we did come up with something. Now, if you can remember the early shows, I think for the first five or six shows, myself and Mike Sierra, we had like a a fantastic five question type setting where the guests, when they would come on, we'd give them five questions. You know, what's your your first car, your favorite movie, uh, where did you go on your first date, and that kind of stuff. And they didn't know what the questions were, and it was, you know, whatever came off the top of your head. But we've got permanent guests. This season, we are running with five permanent guests. So how many times can I ask, what's your favorite color? So we've come up with Double Tap. Double Tap is we're going to throw two issues that are in the arena today. They're hot topics, maybe in the media, hot topic of something that occurred. And there's... The question is formatted very easily. Are you for, against, and why? So you're going to state for it, against it, and then you're going to state your position. And we'll have a conversation on that. So that's called double tap. So when our our panelists come on, they're always going to get double tapped. So they're up to the challenge. These people have been handpicked. Because they're good. Who do we have coming on today? Well, none other than the cop. He's up first. A man that I've known, I want to say, over 15 years. And he has never let me down. He's wowed me with his knowledge, experience, and gung-ho attitude. He is walk to walk. He is talk. He can talk to talk today. I didn't hesitate when I said we got to come up with an individual that's going to be the cop, and that's immediately who I zeroed in on. He is the man for that. I contacted him, and he told me, "Sure, yeah, no problem." And uh, I'm glad that he accepted. And um, they take time out of their busy schedule to come on. You know, we tell them that their portion of the show might be 10 to 15 minutes. They really don't uh, get into the uh, particulars with it's 10, 12, 15, 20 minutes. They're here because they mean well. So remember the, the premise of our episodes is to mentor you, the listener. If you're thinking about getting in law enforcement, if you're new in law law enforcement, if you're active in law enforcement, or even if you're retired, definitely something to learn here. 
You know, law enforcement deals with a lot of negatives and a lot of positives. But you got to mix that up, put it in the blender and see what comes out. And that's what we're doing here. Well, I don't want you to wait any longer. I want to take the opportunity of introducing. That's right. You got it. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. I appreciate you having me on today. Well, we, we've been anticipating this interview, and one of the things that the audience is dying to find out is who in the world is the cop? So tell me a little bit about who you are, where you grew up, uh, what was your life experience, were you involved in sports, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, um, I grew up in... In Miami, and uh, the southern part of uh, Miami-Dade, and um, I, I was able, I was fortunate enough to to be involved in sports, and I, I played football, and I, I got a, a scholarship, and I went to another state and played there for about a semester, and uh, had enough of that, and uh, came back to uh, Miami-Dade, and um, I ended up... Uh, I was managing a, a restaurant back in the 80s when a buddy of mine walked in with a correction correctional officer uniform. I had no idea what a correctional officer was, and uh, but I needed a, a job with benefits. And he told me they had benefits, and I went and applied, and that was back in, uh, in the late 80s, and I worked uh, as a correction officer for a little while, and then uh, and, uh, and about, I would say, 1990, I crossed over to law enforcement, and I've uh, been doing it ever since. Okay, so you, you get involved in corrections, and you're in the prison system. Now, obviously, before you lateral over or you went back to the academy, either or, for police— why did you leave corrections and why did you head towards the police area? Well, I have a lot of respect for the guys that do corrections, but I, I could tell you um, after learning about law enforcement and, and, and about the correctional field, it just, it wasn't for me. Um, one, uh, the pay, I don't think they pay those guys enough. And second, um, back then it was just, uh, I worked for the prison system. I never got to work for a county jail. So working for the state uh, Department of Corrections back then, it was just, um, there was no tools, no weapons to protect yourself. Manpower was low. Um, and I just felt that I could make a better difference on the streets and putting them in there. Um, again, I have a lot of respect for the guys that do that, a lot of respect for the guys that have made it a 20, 30-year career. Um, but it, it, it just wasn't for me. And um, I, I felt that being a street cop, I could do a lot more difference for the community than I, than I could as a correction officer. Now, let's back up a little bit. When you were a kid, did you ever have the aspiration to become a cop? 
No, to be honest with you, my whole childhood, I wanted to be a U.S. Marine. I wanted to go to the military. Um, I decided to go the collegiate route and play college ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after my short stint in college, I, I got engaged and got married at a very young age and became a father at a very young age. And my wife at the time did not want me to go to the military. Even though I was married and had a child, I was still very passionate about being a Marine. Um, that, that didn't happen because of my marriage. It was, it was, re- it was very close uh, during Desert Storm where I was already in law enforcement. I was still thinking about going to serve as a Marine, but out of respect to um, you know my wife at the time, I decided to just continue forward with law enforcement and I didn't pursue a military career. All right, excellent. Well, I was a little different. You know, when I was a kid, I did the, and I've, I've posted some of the photos, me in the military uniform, must have been five or six years old, the rifle, drove my parents crazy. And then all of a sudden, one day, my dad came home and I had a, a sheriff's badge on and a cowboy hat. And I told him, I don't want to be a soldier anymore, I want to be a cop. So I, I kind of I switched from one day to the next. So, but it it happens. Now, when you get into policing, and it's been a long time, and your total amount of time in law enforcement is how many years now? I just completed my thirtieth uh, this year. Jeez, the time goes by. It does. It does. And next thing you know, you're 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 in the old fogies home, like all of us. Well, you know, the thing about it is I get people looking at me that, you know, whether they want to evaluate me or not for for being crazy because I'm still in it. (laughs) That is true. Yes, that is true. It is a bean counting profession. What I mean by that is all law enforcement officers count the beans up when retirement will happen. And do they have enough beans to retire? So unfortunately, that's the 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 art of the profession, you know, and, and. and I, and my my mentality is different. I have I have no desire to retire anytime soon. I I, I hope I can continue working in this field until God decides otherwise. But um, I, I I can't see myself ever doing anything differently. Well, when I started, you know, there were guys that had forty forty five years of service. Uh, obviously, nowadays that doesn't exist because of the 25 to 30 year buyouts. I call them buyouts in Florida. They're called a drop program, but I yeah. kind of call them a drop out, uh, a buyout because they get so much money, they just leave. But before, people used to hang on forever. And, you know, unfortunately, I've had a lot of buddies retire and they only lasted a couple of years and they died. So staying active is, is a very much uh, the key here. It's very much the key. You know, on, on, on that note, I have a, a friend of mine that's working in Florida, still active, who's 77 years old. Wow. He's on his second retirement in police work. And uh, I got a lot of respect for this man. And the only reason why he does not retire is because he's not he's not ready to die. And, and, and that's, that's a phenomenon. I was reading an article not too long ago that the average policeman um, survives nine years after retirement. Yeah, it's sad. And yeah. it is very sad because an average police officer retires in his late 40s, 
early early to mid fifties. Um, so so they're dying young. I mean, nine years if you retire at uh, at fifty four, you know that, that puts you at sixty three years old. You just you, you're just enjoying retirement at that at that point in your life. Yeah, it's it's very tough to see uh, an old retired cop that's ninety years old. I recently saw a study in the National Institute of Justice that said, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying that it's stress-related, but now this new study that just came out, and I had talked about it in another podcast, it has to do with sleep deprivation and the different shifts, working midnights versus afternoons versus mornings, and, and that up-and-down seesaw of sleeping patterns is what causes, what, what is believed it causes it now. Who, who, who the hell knows what what causes it? Well, I, I'm sure that has sleep has a lot to do with it because the older the older we get, the older guys like me. When I started police work, we changed shift every 30 days. Yeah. So it's not like now that they got a permanent shift, either days or midnights, and your body adjusts as well. You know, after you know you're you're working day shift, and then in 30 days you got to go to night shift. Your body never gets a chance to to adapt and you got guys that did this their whole career. Um, so I'm sure lack of sleep or difficulty sleeping is, is a big part of it. I mean, I don't know a cop that doesn't have trouble sleeping to be honest with you. Yeah. It's an interesting study, but, uh, let me touch a little bit upon, uh, you told me that your buddy was 77 years old for some people around the country. There are age limits to law enforcement. Correct. I believe New York City, um, well, not New York, New York State, I think it's uh, 60. I'm not sure how old. It's like the cutoff point, you got to go, you can't be here no more, that kind of stuff. And there's also an entry in order to get him uh, to law enforcement. You've got to be younger than 36 in some states. But Florida does not discriminate against age. They do not, no. Because it's in the Constitution. So, therefore, the oldest living police officer in the in the United States was, and I say was, was I can't confirm it right now, Leo Thalassides, lieutenant for the Hialeah Police Department. He was, at last reporting, 90 years old and still active, but he was active part-time in Hialeah. Well, well Al, I think I'm going to break Leo's record. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that form of thinking. Now, you know, as what keeps me going, my friend. There you go, and and it's always good to have a passion. You get involved in law enforcement, and, and you cross over from corrections to police, and you you end up. What part of Florida did you end up in law enforcement? Well, I ended up. Uh, I worked for. Uh, I started with a municipality on in, uh, in the West Palm Beach area, and then after a short skit there, I went over to a, a municipality in uh, Broward County, and I, I worked there for several years, um, and um, left there, and uh, I did some federal work for a little bit. Um, then I came back. Uh, uh, my, my federal work took me to other parts of the world, and um, came back and went went back to work in and um, in Broward County. And um, after a couple of years of Broward County and seeing, you know, not not agreeing with uh, 
the way policing was being done at the time, it was uh, a very political environment. Um, I decided to get out of law enforcement for a little bit, and I went back to um, contracting for the federal government, which at this point it took me uh, overseas again to a, a, a very hot zone in the, in the Middle East. And uh, after doing that for a couple of years, uh, my family and I decided to move to the, the western side of the state. And um, after a very short time of um, not being a cop and being bored to death, I, I went went back into police work about uh, 14 years ago in the west coast of Florida and um, been doing it ever since in this area. Now, there's a lot of experience there. You're going here, you're going there. Now, when you were working for the federal contractor type of business in, in their hot zones, but they're primarily dealing with police work, correct? Uh, yes, sir. I, I actually worked um, um, in the Yugoslavian area. That was my first assignment. And um, basically, we were teaching um, undercover operations, undercover techniques, um, public disorder techniques. And I did that for a while. I was in charge of that unit. Um, and then my second assignment was in the Middle East. And we were trying to um, help reform um, the Iraqi police force in, in, in Iraq out of um, the Baghdad area. Well, that's, that sounds like a lot. And, of course, these are hot spots, as you said, so anything could have, you know, break off at any time. So uh, hats off to you on that, on that. Thank you for that service. Well, thank you. Now, in law enforcement, what areas in law enforcement have you gotten into? I've, I've been very uh, fortunate. Um, at a very young age, I wanted to get into narcotic enforcement, and I was very fortunate to spend the majority of my career um, on the East Coast uh, working narcotics uh, and street gangs and street crime type uh, of cases, RICO cases and long-term cases. I did that for a long time, um, as well as uh, supervise those type of units. Um, of course, you know we we all worked road patrol one time or another, and you know I've I've gone back to road patrol several times throughout my career. Um, but the majority of my career was spent uh, uh, doing undercover operations, uh, undercover work, teaching undercover work, um, and a lot of uh, gang enforcement um, type of law enforcement, and also teaching gang enforcement. It's a, it's a very difficult uh, area in policing, uh, the ones that you described. Of course, undercover, anything can go wrong, and um, you really have to have a skill set uh, to work those areas. Very difficult. Well, um, you got to have the gift of gab, and uh, God bless me with that that's for sure um <laughs> but uh it's it's it, it would undercover work was uh one of the most uh rewarding and enjoying times of my career it's definitely a young guy's game um it's, it's not my game anymore um but it, it's definitely um it, it was a lot of fun a lot of fun we'll put a lot of bad guys in jail uh and very rewarding very rewarding 
I do want to say this to the audience, and these are my words. These are Alpha Mike's words. We uh, have a lot of people we could have picked from for this guest spot. And I'm not taking anything away from the newer generation of law enforcement officers. Uh, a lot of them have different skill sets that might have been not in in that era in the 80s and 90s or, or, or beyond that, even if you want to go into the 70s. But today's law enforcement officer, the new kid on the block, doesn't really have that... Um, skill set as far as streetwise for whatever reason. And I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, so I don't want to really dive into that. But we picked the cop because he's exactly that, the cop. And not everybody can play in that role. When you've got 30 years of experience and you've got the experience under your belt, then you can talk because you've lived it and it's a lived experience, therefore you can comment on a lot of areas that a lot of newer police officers might have a problem with. So we're honored to have you here, of course, on this guest spot, and we can't thank you enough for being here. When we contacted you, you jumped on board. Why? Uh, well, I think it's important. I think it's important to... to to speak about you know the profession that we both love, um, I think it's I think it's uh, good to get um, the publics um, on board and, and and get them to hear a view our view from the law enforcement because we we are censored you know we can't go in front of the camera and and say hey this is what law enforcement is really about it's not just that that guy on the ground tasting you know it's it's it's, it's not about that at all. Um, so it's it's uh, it's important to me. I think it's important for us to get out there. I mean, I I reviewed um, I reviewed I you know I I reviewed what you guys are planning to do um, um, in the future, and I think it's very important that that we get the word out there to the people. Well, I'm glad that you accepted and you're and you're on board. All right, now we have uh, a little segment that we have here. We're going to wrap up our our interview and it's been very interesting but we have a new segment called double tap before we used to have rapid fire and we'd shoot five or six questions at you and you know first car favorite teacher favorite color and all that but if you're a a a guest host it doesn't work because you're going to be out here all the time so i can't ask you your favorite color all the time so we came up with a new gimmick or a new segment called Double Tap. There's two questions I'm going to throw at you, and you just tell me if you're for, against the position, and your reason uh, for whatever position that you have. Okay? So question number one, ready? Absolutely. President Donald J. Trump, for or against, why? I am for him 100%. Um, As a I consider myself a warrior, and as a warrior, for years and years and years, I believe this country was being looked upon as a very weak country. Um, now, I think we're showing a force of strength. Um, people are coming on board. Uh, we got other countries looking at us to see what Donald Trump has done in the 18 months that he's been president. Um, we got the support 
not only in the military, which he's done amazing things, getting these guys the money that they need and the support that they need, but he's also supporting the first responders and police officers, which we haven't had that in many, many years. Um, under the last administration, cops just weren't being supported. I mean, we were having a hard time recruiting um, police officers because of the way they were being treated and the way they were being supported. Um, that's And, of course, the economy is doing wonderful. Um, I heard he just made a deal today, and I don't know much about it because I haven't had a chance to look at but apparently the deal with Mexico is coming across uh, well as far as uh, goods, trading goods with Mexico. So I, overall, I think he's doing great for the for the American people. Yeah, I kind of agree. It's hard to to dislike a person that likes your profession. Exactly. You know, he's a good supporter of law enforcement. A lot of my buddies over in Miami Dade and motorcycles. Um, section, you know, the escort uh, when he's in town and back to the airport to get on uh, Air Force One. And he breaks ranks. He blows right past the Secret Service to go shake their hands each and every time. It's like clockwork. You can count on it. And uh, th that wasn't happening before. That's all I could say. No, it was not. It definitely was not happening. And, uh, you know, with, in, in order for us to 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 do our jobs in law enforcement, we we need the support of of the leaders and and the support of the community we serve. Um, and it, it's just refreshing to have that support. Yeah. All right. Second question: the Russian investigation on the president, for or against? Why? At this point, I'm against it. I think it's gone on too long. I think it's just a way to railroad the president. I think it's a it's it's a lynch mob towards the president. Um, it's a waste of taxpayers' dollars. They keep going around in circles, around in circles, and in my opinion, you know, they're not really focusing on the people who are responsible um, for it. Um, which, let's just say, in my opinion, was not the Republican Party. Um, right. So I'm I'm against it. I think it's just. Uh, it's preventing our president from being president. They've they've thrown so many barriers at um, the president. I, I could only imagine if he didn't have these barriers, what he could have, what he would have accomplished so far. Because mm -hmm. he's accomplished so much with so many people throwing stuff, negative stuff at him. I could only imagine what we would be today if people would just let him do his job. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, I think that it's turned into a circus. I don't think the investigation was ever warranted. And an example of that, they spent uh, up to today's date $30 million to catch some crappy-ass lawyer on a $30,000 embezzlement from a bank. So let me see. Let's do the math on that one. I spent $30 million to catch somebody that did a $30,000 crime. Mm-mm. Says a lot right there. Yep, a lot of a, a lot of money going to the wrong places. That's for sure. Yeah, but uh, all things come to an end sooner or later. So we know that that's going to happen, my friend, the cop. It is my honor to have you on here today. We look forward to a lot a lot of shows together, 
And I want to thank you for your time and your opportunity to come on on this program today. Well, thanks, Al. I appreciate you uh, having me on board. And, uh, you know, God bless all the first responders and the military that are listening to us today. And God bless you, my friend. Likewise, God bless. if you're an advocate of the Second Amendment like I am, you'll appreciate a good made firearm. But the upkeeping of a firearm is very important too. No different from a motorcycle or a vehicle, uh, what have you. It needs to be upkept. That's why I recommend Pistol Pete the Gunsmith. Pistol Pete has not only been the armorer of thousands upon thousands of law enforcement officers in Miami-Dade. He's taken the courses and he's walked the walk. He's equipped with all the advanced mechanics that you need to be an outstanding craftsman in fixing, repairing, restoring a weapon. It's so important. You know, if you've had Uncle Joe's gun in your drawer for so long, and it's nice and you don't want to get rid of it, but it might need a making over. Think about Pistol Pete, the gunsmith. Okay, I want to do some repairs with my gun, but how do I send it to him because I'm not in that area? Well, it's easy. You can go to a federal firearms dealer, a gun shop in your area, and have it sent over to Pistol Pete. For more information, I recommend that you go straight to the source, which is PistolPeteGuns.com. That's PistolPeteGuns.com. You know, I'm really looking forward to our next interview. But sadly, it won't be done here on this episode. Now you're going to have to wait for episode number 52 in order to hear the next panelist. We're going to keep it somewhat of a secret because we know that each panelist is going to wow you. You know, the guest that we brought on today, titled The Cop, we brought him on as a regular guest host and a co-host because of his aptitude, his skill, and his knowledge. The most important thing is If you can walk the walk and talk the talk, what I mean by that is, is it a lived experience? Or are you just going to babble on about a specific subject? Well, we bring people on that have that experience, and therefore we can allow them to expand and spit out that knowledge that we most definitely need. 30 years of experience. There's a lot wrapped up there in knowledge and aptitude and skill that we need. So we were glad, we were ecstatic, we were happy when the cop told us, yes, I'd be overjoyed to come on and become a co-host, guest, panelist, whatever title you want to use it. 
And uh, so he will be coming on, and just like all the other ones as well. So you've met Pistol Pete in our last, in one of our first uh, episodes, first five or six episodes. And you met Kilo as well. You met him, I think it was episode number six, if I'm, memory serves me correct. Now you've met the cop. That leaves us with two more. Well, what I can tell you, in 52, you're going to meet one of the two. And then we have a surprise for 53. Why are we doing it this way? Because we want you to absorb who they are. You're going to be hearing plenty of them, and they will be coming on here and spitting out and sharing their knowledge with us. And we're happy and ecstatic as a result to that. You know, one of the things in life, you always have to have the ability of an open mind. And that allows you to learn. Even if you're the mentor, you're mentoring people, you still can learn from the people that you're mentoring. And... To think that, well, I've reached all level of understanding and nothing else can teach me. I know everything. Then you've reached the the level of no return, my friends. Always having to have that open mind that I can receive uh, new information. I can absorb it. Remember what our motto here on Radio Cop Nation is. Test all things and obtain what is good. Okay? So you want to retain that goodness. You cannot hear an hour's worth of material and say nothing was good. You know, I started to apply that when I was listening to the news. Now, the vast majority of the news, and if you want to give it the title, fake news, what I, I'm not going to get into that debate, but what I will tell you is journalism isn't today what it used to be when I was a young boy. And today, the anchors on the news have opinions, but I never contacted them for their opinion. But they sure are giving it to me. <clears throat> so you have, to under, you have to ask yourself the question, are they passing the level of professionalism and entering the realm of propaganda. So you cannot listen, and I have started to do this with the, with the media. I'll listen to a segment that they give. I'll analyze it. I'll say what is good and what is not. And what is good, I retain. Not everything can be bad. I also did the same thing when I was uh, active in law enforcement. If I took a course and I trained in a specific element, I didn't sit there and criticize the instructor as a moron. The instructor doesn't know what he's teaching. The instructor has no credibility. The instructor can't teach me. I didn't do that. I sat there and I said, I'm going to listen attentively till the bell rings, and that tells me there's something good, and I'll obtain it. Well, recently I was wowed. I was wowed by somebody that I I respect highly and I care about deeply. And I read a Twitter um, post that they did. 
And I want to share that with you today because it made me, because of this tweet, it made me completely say, stop, we're going to do one panelist at a time because I want the audience to absorb it. And the tweet is simple. Hey, nothing ever changes if you're not brave enough to do something different. Comfort zones were only meant for those still in the womb. Think about that. Let that sink in. I could have been in my comfort zone in El Police Radio. We started in 07, and we went to 2014. I believe there was one or two shows in 2015. And then we re, we brought it back up in 17, and I went right back to the comfort zone again. And we've been doing almost a year worth of shows, about 48 of them to be exact, 48 weeks. And I said, it's time to get out of the comfort zone. When I read this tweet, it shows me that God talks to us in different ways. He uses the vessel that he sees necessary to bring about the point. So I'm happy that you are with us. I am glad that you are joining the ranks of the Raider Cop Nation. We've got a lot to accomplish, and we are going to be out there taking the truth, shaking it, and spitting it out in knowledge for you. It's been my esteemed pleasure to be your host on Raider Cop Nation. And I remind you, test everything and hold on to what is good. Keep yourself in the out zone, not in the comfort zone. Thinking outside the box to accomplish the greatness that God has for you. It's been my pleasure and my honor. Lift up the Jolly Roger. Time to say sail, my friends. See you soon.